0: begin our study on the last book of the Bible, Revelation. It's a letter written by one of Jesus' BFFs, one of his best friends named John. Um, And in this passage tonight, John has a vision of Jesus, but he looks a little different than John remembers. So read along with me. Revelation 1. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show to his servants the things that must soon take place. Then I turned to see the voice that was speaking to me, and on turning I saw seven gold lampstands, and in the midst of the lampstands one was like a son of man, clothed with a long robe, with a golden sash around his chest. The hairs of his head were white, like white wool, like snow.
1: The motto of Appalachia State and the motto of the state of North Carolina is "esse Quam Videri. Does anyone know what Esi Quam Videri means? To be rather than to seem. Hey, look at you guys. You're on it. It's correct. "Esse Quam Videri means to be rather than to seem. Also, this is over here. I'm going to move it over here because I can't be without my phone. Um, what if my wife texts me from the fourth row and I need to know? Uh, <laughs> Uh, It means to be rather than to seem. So as an institution, Appalachian, and as a state of North Carolina, we value substance over superficiality, right? We want to be. We don't want just to seem to be, right? The problem is, in the world around us, a lot of things seem to be. Most things, I think we could probably agree, that we interact with on a daily basis are pretty superficial. So, like, if... Something happens out there in the wide world and we want to know about it. We go on Twitter or we turn on the news or we go to the Yahoo to find out what's happened. (laughs) But if you're like me, um, which you probably aren't, uh, and you go there and you're reading an article about something that happened, depending on the source, you're like, what's the angle here, right? How is this news outlet or this Twitter person trying to spin how I see this event, Uh, What are they trying to sell me on, right? Because the reality is there's a lot of unseen agendas out there in the world. It's very difficult to know what is and not just what seems to be. And the reason why I want to look at the book of Revelation along with you all this semester is because Revelation is all about what is. Revelation comes to us and God says to us, things are not as they seem to be. So that hunch you have that things are slightly off is correct. Uh, And Revelation is all about what is, that there is something more. And John, this guy John, who lived a long, long time ago, writes this book and it's something called apocalyptic literature so that we can see that the world is not how it's supposed to be. It's full of really weird things. If you've ever just like picked up the Bible and turned to the last book, you'll know this is very bizarre. It's like more of an LSD sort of laced dream. That's how it reads, at least, to us, than just some kind of spiritual literature. Um, but John shows us these big pictures because he wants us to see what we can't see. So like, think about it like this. Um, well, actually, over the summer... Two, I guess the two big phenomenons that I was aware of as a 30-something-year-old that the kids were involved in were Pokemon Go, and uh, which the Appalachian Nerd Club, which meets before us, they were getting some strong Pokemon Go before in the room, um, and Stranger Things. Okay, Those were the two big things that I noticed that were happening. Um, if there's one thing that Pokemon Go showed us this summer, it's that we have at least a passing marginal interest that the world could be full of enchanted things that we can't see, right? And that we need to go to the weird statue in front of McDonald's because there's a Charmander uh, there in front of McDonald's. That's how you say it, right? There's a... P- Char. I just say Char. I don't say Charlotte. Um, served, man. You just got served. Um... Uh, I I think that that Pokemon Go sort of helps us see that we are interested that the world could be full of creatures, be full of things that we can't see, that we want to interact with, um, if only we had a way. And Stranger Things kind of takes us to the next level because it captured at least my imagination with this idea that there could be things happening all around you in a sort of different dimension that could be right next to you. And you had no idea that were there, but they were very, very real. And uh, so that every time that the lights flicker, I'm like, what is happening in the upside down um, in my bedroom? Um, But my question for you tonight, as we start to look at the book of Revelation, is this. What if it's true? What if it is the case that the world around us actually is very enchanted? It's full of of things that we cannot see, that we have a deep longing to know, that we have a hunch inside of us that are there, but we don't quite know how to get to them. That is what Revelation is all about. Revelation, um, many of you guys that grew up in the church, you're like, oh, Revelation. uh, Revelation is sort of like, maybe some of you ladies can um, identify with this. It's like gawked at and talked about a lot but very rarely ever understood correctly. Um, We treat Revelation sometimes like a book like a, it's like a Nick Cage movie. It's like full of clues. Um, And once we put them all together then we're going to find the Constitution. Um, <laughs> the, point, the point is, look, Revelation is not hiding something from you. Okay? The point of Revelation is to reveal something to you. In, the, in, chapter, in the verse 1, at the very beginning of the book, really all we're going to be looking at is this, this phrase, the revelation of Jesus Christ. That's not the title of the book. That is the subject of the book. This book is to reveal something to us, not to conceal it. God isn't hiding from us in Revelation. He's actually showing himself to us in Revelation. It's like this. Imagine you were in the solarium, okay? You know, there's big windows in the solarium. Imagine that in front of those windows were huge vertical blinds from the ceiling to the floor, right? And let's imagine that they were only open a little bit at a slight angle. If you walked in and you're a first-year student and you walked in on the bookstore side of the solarium and you looked at the windows, all you would see are blinds, right? And you might even think, since you've never been there, there's nothing on the other side, okay? Or if there is something on the other side, how could we ever even know? It's probably just up to you to decide what's on the other side. But if you were just to step into the solarium and take a few steps toward the middle of the room and then you look back toward the windows... You would no longer see the blinds, but you would see through the blinds, right? You would see central or race or whatever we're calling it these days. You would see the lights to the football stadium. You would see the steam tower. You would see Sanford Ball. You would see a whole world out there. Um, In Revelation, apocalyptic literature helps us to take a couple of steps to the side. And God says, of course you can't see from where you are. Here, come over here. And look again and see an entire world that is out there. So the question is, if if Revelation is revealing something to us, and that's what I want to look at this semester with you is what is it revealing? Um, What does God want us to see? If we decide to take a couple of steps to the side and look back, what is on the other side? Again, in the first verse there on your sheet, the revelation of Jesus Christ. The whole point of everything. The unseen world that God wants us to interact with is all about Jesus. And you might be here tonight and you're like, okay, I guess I figured that's what we were going to talk about, but that has no bearing on me. And just hopefully if you will just be kind enough to walk through with me, I, I hope that we can see that that very much matters to you, that this is a revelation of Jesus Christ. Now, John Wrote this letter as an old man living in a prison camp on an island called Patmos, which he says there in the passage. He's exiled on this prison island, like Alcatraz, I guess. And um, he's on, the, on Sunday. He's having he's worshiping in some way and he hears a voice and he literally turns around to see who's talking to him and dies. Pretty much. He, he like passes out. He's struck down. Now, he saw Jesus and that's what freaked him out, but that's weird, because Jesus and John were best friends. If you've ever seen the Leonardo painting of the Last Supper Rights, Jesus in the middle with all the disciples. John is actually the one that is leaning on Jesus. He's like literally like snuggling with Jesus in the, um, in the painting. They were very, very close. They had a very intimate relationship, but Jesus is a little different in this passage. This is Jesus. With the veil pulled back, this is Jesus brewed full strength for John, and it's so intense that it knocks him out. This is like in the in the cartoon Cinderella. Does the fairy godmother? I'm looking at my wife. Does the fairy godmother like a beggar at the beginning? That's no Snow White. That's Well, in in the live action Cinderella, <laughs> in the real, the good Cinderella, the new one. Um, when the fairy godmother shows up, she's this beggar and she's asking Cinderella for some milk. And then when Cinderella's kind to her, she shows herself as this beautiful fairy, right? Um, but imagine that when she showed herself to Cinderella literally Cinderella died because she was so <laughs> overwhelmed with what she saw. John does his best to describe Jesus. OK, so if you're looking on your sheet, starting at verse 12, look at look at what he says. I turned and I saw someone. I saw these lampstands, and in the middle I saw someone like a son of man. He had a long robe on with a golden sash around his chest. The hairs of his head were white, like white wool, like snow. His eyes were like a flame of fire. His feet like burnished bronze, refined in a furnace. And his voice was like the roar of many waters. John's basically saying, I'm trying to convey to you in words what I saw, and the words just can't tell you. But he saw and he heard the voice that spoke literally planets into existence. And he says, it was just deafening like a waterfall. That's the best I can do for you. And then he goes on. He's, he, he, in his right hand, he held seven stars. And from his mouth came a sharp two-edged sword. And his face was like the sun shining in full strength. He's like the face that holds the person that holds galaxies in his hands, I tried to look at it, but it was blinding, like looking straight into the sun at the middle of the day. Um, John looked right into purity, power, beauty, light, truth, just unadulterated and unfiltered and almost struck him dead. That's how big and grand Jesus is when we really see him. And That's good news for all of us tonight, but especially for some of us. For some of you, it's good news because that means God is not hiding from you. It means that God isn't somewhere away and you have to scratch and claw your way to find out who he is. He is on full display for you tonight in this passage. He's allowing you to see. And he says, look, I'm not going to hold back from you. I'll let you see me as I really am. And that means that there are answers to your doubts, which you have. There are answers to your questions, which you have. There are answers to your fears, which you have. And so do I. Um, That Jesus is able and capable to answer those things. He's big enough to have like some of you guys come here, especially if you came sort of from a Christian background and you just got to school and you're overwhelmed and you're really feeling like I was feeling it over the summer. I was feeling the Jesus feelings and now I'm not because I'm overwhelmed and I just really need to get back to the place where I can start feeling the feelings again and then Jesus will love me and everything will be OK. And what Jesus is showing us tonight is he is so much Grander than your current emotional state. And that means that he's big enough to sustain you no matter how you're feeling. Some of y'all had an incredibly difficult summer. Um, So it's just from garden variety disappointment and things just didn't go the way they were supposed to. Um, Some of y'all found out things about your family or about yourself that have been very, very challenging for you to deal with. Um, You don't even know how, and that's okay. Um, Some of you guys have lost a lot, lost your home, lost a loved one. And life has just gone off balance for you. And this vision of Jesus is good news for you because it means that there's someone in control of everything. Um, The good news is, yes, there's something out there. And it's this Jesus. It's the one that is this powerful. These aren't just random life happenings that you just kind of have to move on from. Um, he's there. He's big. Jesus says in the passage that He's the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last. The Alpha is the first letter of the Greek alphabet, Omega is the last letter of the Greek alphabet. It's like the A to Z. And what Jesus is saying there is not just He's before everything and after everything. What He's saying is, I am the beginning of everything. And I am the completion and fulfillment of everything. And that means that if you come to know this Jesus, whether in a new way or for the first time, that you wouldn't so much be getting answers to your questions, to your doubts, to your grief. You would be getting the answer. Um, The thing that, that the person that upholds everything is making himself available to you. Jesus is transcendent. He is literally on another plane than us. And that would be maybe just really, really scary. Like, okay, Jesus on another dimension. That's freaking me out. And I'm going to have nightmares tonight. Um, Except for verse
0: 17.
1: Look there with me if you would. John says, when I saw him, I fell at his feet, though dead. And if it was you or me, same thing. We don't even have a category for what something this overwhelming would be. But when you see the word, but at the beginning of a sentence in the Bible, pay attention. He says, but he laid his right hand on me. Saying, fear not, I'm the first and the last. Um, What what John is saying is that the one with the sharp sword coming out of his mouth, literally whatever that means. um, reached down to him. And the one with the blinding face that you can't look at without passing out, he placed his fingers on John's skin. And John was not blown away, he was comforted. The the voice, the deafening waterfall voice, um, he said gently to John, Don't be afraid, I'm here. I'm the first and the last. Jesus, the one on a different plane, the one that created everything, he reaches down and he comforts John. He embraces him and he speaks gently to him. Um, Poetically, you would put it uh, there's a song that I love, and, and they put it like this What new mystery is this? What blessed backwardness? The immeasurable one is held and does not resist. The one that is immeasurable allows himself to be held. And he doesn't resist. So wherever you are tonight, I don't know. The immeasurable one reaches down with comfort. And I'm, I'm just moved by the fact that John doesn't say he touched me. He says he laid his right hand on me. Not his left hand. His right hand. Because it was a real embrace. And it really mattered. And I really remember that it was the fingers of his right hand that comforted me. Um, and that is Jesus. He is massive and beyond. And he's also close and warm and gentle and humble for you. And so if you're lying on a, on a not very comfortable bed in a basically a 10 by 12 cell in Eggers Hall, <laughs> um, which is still not air conditioned, yay even after 70 years of existence Um, and if you if you're laying on that bed and you can stop literally crying long enough (laughs) um, some of y'all are laughing and some of y'all are like I'm not laughing at that because that was me 20 minutes ago Um, and just because like, if you could stop crying long enough to say out loud why did I ever come here in a completely non-joking way, and just go. Like three days ago, like I was eating mama's spaghetti, and I was sleeping in my bed, and now I don't know any of these people, and I'm weird, and they all seem like they know what they're doing. Um, and you're crying. That means if you're crying out in that way, fear not. Jesus is there. He's near. If you're in grief. Look what the uh, this, Jesus says. I died, and behold, I'm alive forevermore, and I have the keys to death. I get to decide if that door is locked or not. Um, Because he says I died, and when I came back, death was over, and it was never going to be the end anymore. Um, He's near, and he has a hand to comfort you—a real hand. Um, If you're lonely. Uh, and I know you are. Um, and you feel like you're the only person in this room that's lonely. Um, Jesus is near. Julian of Norwich, she was this English, ancient English theologian. She was actually the first woman to write a book in English. Um, so she was a pretty awesome lady. Um, I, 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 what she says is always in my head. She says, God is nearer to us than our own soul. Um, He's not far away and unable to help you. He's close, but he's also big and he's powerful and he won't remain silent. And if you came here tonight and you're like, I'm disinterested, it will something to do or my girlfriend drug me here. Um, my question for you, actually for all of us, is isn't there a little seed in your heart that is curious that there is maybe something more? This is the only time in all of human history where we have decided that what it means to be a fully human, like a fully human person is to only find fulfillment in the things of this world and nothing beyond. That's a very weird place to be where suddenly we go to be human just means to be physical. But aren't there little stirrings in your heart when you go, there's got to be something. Um, what if the things we see every day aren't real in the true sense? What if they aren't quite complete? What if there's something behind the blinds? Um, would you step over with us just for a semester to look through to see what's there uh, and to see Jesus as an invitation? And I hope you will. Let's pray. Uh, Father, thank you so much that you have loved us with a love that's inexpressible. And that you have loved us enough to say, come and see. Um, we see things that are right in front of us and we think this must be true. He doesn't like me and that's all that matters. Um, I'm scared. I'm lonely. And that's everything that is. And we need you to help us to see um, that the world is full of enchantment and some of it is for our ill and is against us and some of it is for our good and that you are good and Lord Jesus you are big enough um, to hold stars in your hand and yet to reach down and to gently touch us so would you stir um, interest uh, in our hearts thank you for these friends especially for these new friends Lord, would you be kind to them this week? We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. It's the end of the world as we know it. It's the end of the world.